Everybody shout praise the Lord. Amen. Come on, let's give him what he deserves if we can. We worship your Lord in the name of Jesus. I bless your name. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. It's certainly an honor to be here. And uh, I greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus. No other name. We have heard some tremendous preaching so far. And uh, somebody said you're the in-between, so God help us. But I do give honor to all the ministry here. And Pastor Bass, I've always admired him. I could get my hair to do that. Maybe I could preach like you could, I tell you. Give honor to you and your wife, church family, and uh, beautiful baskets when we got to the room. That was so wonderful. Still is wonderful. We enjoying that. And um, I just want to give God praise. It may get old to you if you've heard it, but two years ago I was diagnosed with throat cancer. I did it in my thyroids and also into my vocal cords. And uh, God is so good. I didn't know exactly if I'd lose my voice. Certainly not what it used to be. Nobody ever asked me to sing anymore, but I'm still preaching the gospel. I can still say, I love you, Jesus. God is so good. Amen. And no more cancer and on the road to recovery. I give God the highest praise. Praise the Lord. And I'm giving praise reports. In the country of Belize, God is blessing. In September, was it? October, I'm bad with dates. God gave me a brand new missionary. That's while I was preaching. She was yawning, see that? But uh, God's been good to us. And I'm glad to have my daughter with me. I try to bring her with me. She's my traveling companion. I used to travel a lot by myself and got tired of people thinking I was just a young evangelist out here. So uh, I'm glad to have my daughter. I want her to sing before we go to the Word of God. Let's worship the Lord with her. Fall on me Let the power 
Praise God, praise God. We need the anointing. Praise God. Book of Isaiah 61 and 1. So glad to see all my friends here. Said a minister asked a little boy how to get to the post office. The little boy told him. The minister said, why don't you come go to church with me tonight? I'm preaching on how to get to heaven. After thinking a minute, the boy replied and said, I don't think so. You don't even know how to get to the post office. Well, I may not know how to get to the post office here, but I hope to tell you something that will help you get to heaven. Praise God. A familiar verse, Isaiah 61 and 1. And uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound gracious God of heaven I need your help tonight can't preach without you let the anointing of God flow in here I need you Lord Anoint ears and hearts and minds to receive. This will be a good night for someone to get the Holy Ghost. Do it, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everybody clap your hands to the Lord. Praise God. You may be seated. In a world that's hurting, full of depression, that is bound with sin... Where hell and Satan has certainly attached its chains to people, we need a Savior. 
We need the anointing like we've never had it before. I believe that the anointing is what's going to make a difference. Brother Rigdon made me nervous last night. He was along the same lines. I thought maybe he'd gotten my notes. I was kind of nervous about it, but I, my daughter kept looking at me. I always try out everything on my people before I come over here. And uh, nobody left the church, but I want you to know something that we've got to have the anointing. That makes all the difference in the world. I know that when I went to the mission field, I didn't know how to be a, a missionary. I just said I had a burden to go. When I got there, the charismatics already beat us there. We'd try to have a service, and, and I would touch people, and they'd fall on the floor. Everywhere I'd look, we'd have people laying on the floor. I'd just walk by them, and uh, there's a deal. I don't know exactly how it works, but you can breathe in their direction, and they fall. And it was not in me. And I, I thought, Lord, I've, I've got to figure out what to do. I, and I, I learned real quick, just a few handful of people we'd won by this time. I said, listen, don't catch them. We were on concrete floor. I said, when the Holy Ghost in it, the Holy Ghost just catch them and ease them down. It didn't. And after maybe two services of falling out, our faller outers quit falling out. People are looking for something they just don't understand. I was told that we have to be careful because of culture. I remember missionaries here. I went and talked to a lot of missionaries trying to figure out what to do. And they said, well, you cannot cross the culture. You've got to be careful not to cross the culture. And I, I thought, Lord, I don't know what to do. And somebody said, well, you know, facial hair will be there and things like that. I remember saying, look. I don't want none of you men to come back with facial hair. And they came back with their eyebrows shaved. And no, not, not really. But but I did find out something that worked after a little while of stumbling around. I don't care where you're at in the world. Apostolic anointed preaching works. Yeah, I'm telling you, just stand in the pulpit and declare Acts 2.38. There's not but one God. He can set you free. He's a God of power. You get the anointing. I'm telling you, it across every line, every culture. I don't care if they red, yellow, black, or white. Get the anointing. It makes a difference. Oh, we got to understand whether you are north or south or east or west. Get in some prayer room somewhere and get a hold to God and get the anointing of God on your life. Folks will be delivered. Captives will be set free under the anointing. And the Bible said that God, you may be seated, gives gifts to the saints and to the world. Your gift is a man of God. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. But oh God, give us anointed preachers. God gave you a gift. Here's what he said. I will give you pastors according to my heart. We 
which will feed you. Somewhere a long time ago, they got this guy that wrote a book. I was born in the same state he come from. He used to be real close to that area. And he wrote a book about chasing after God. I'm going to tell you something. We apostolics don't have to chase after God. We know where he's at. He's in the prayer room. He's in worship. He's in the anointing of God. He said, Peter, do you love me? He said, you know I love you. Peter, do you love me? You know I love you. Peter, do you love me? You know I love you. If you love me, preach. Feed my sheep. I'm telling you, the saints of God, if they got a real man of God, they fed. They hear the word of God. They hear the anointing of the Holy Ghost. They leave fat on the meat. I forget the name of that stuff, but they ain't getting that when there is really apostolic preaching. I'm letting you know something under the anointing of God. You can tell I've got a real man of God because he feeds me with the anointed word of God. A real man of God is one that feeds the sheep of God. Number one, he's going to love God. He will pursue the heart of God. He's after the heart of God. And God said, that one is one I will give you. The one that looks after me. He's not trying to please you. He's not trying to make you happy. He's trying to make God happy. always make you happy I'm sure I tell our folks you ain't got a real preacher if you're always feeling good about yourself if you always itching your ears and scratching your back and telling you how good you are we need men of God that'll say here's the way it is he's not going to fill you up with sweet cakes but he's going to preach the word of God with the anointing of God in his heart and in his life we need the anointed somebody shout anointed to preach come on anointed to preach it makes a difference I was at a church here about a year and a half ago two years ago Church that operates. Uh, thought I lost my hearing there for a minute. But uh, they they build their churches on prophecy. They have these prophets come in, and uh, my old dad's up in his seventies, and that man I was back there. I was in for treatments, and I was sitting there. Watching it, I went for the show, and uh, so I'm sitting there watching this thing. And said, my dad's up on the front of the church he built years ago, and he's sitting up front. And this prophet stopped and looked at him. He said, "I keep seeing eight acres, eight acres, eight acres. Keeps running over my head. I look at you. What does that mean?" My dad said, "I don't know, boy. You're the prophet. You tell me." <laughs> he left my dad pretty quick. Went on to somebody else. I'm going to tell you, we can't build our church on hype. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not done a lot of travel, but if we can ever get the anointing and build a church with it. I, I was there. I, I see people drive 150, 200 miles just to get a word. 
and they live like the devil. The old bell cows that gives every preacher in the country trouble, they go get their word. Blessings and anointing falling on them. I, I was sitting there, I saw it, I knew the lady, and he stood her up, and I see blessings falling on her. I'm sitting there thinking, I knew what she'd done to my dad. I really wish something else would fall on her. <laughs> I can name a few things, but... Ridiculous. But oh, thank God that there's still men. They won't try to hype it up. They just go to the prayer rooms. And with the anointing of God, they walk out into the pulpit and they begin to preach. You say, I'm going over here to get a word. I'm going over there to get a word. There is a more sure word of prophecy. That's where the preacher stands up and he speaks while he's being moved on by the Holy Ghost. He stands in the pulpit and he preaches the word of God with the anointing of God. And that is what makes the difference. Hey, I'm telling you, I tell my folks, you better pay attention while I'm preaching some of the things that you said last night. I said, it is a sure word when I'm in the pulpit. I, you said, my wife told me here one back, said, you wasn't anointed, you was mad. I said, one way or the other, I was getting my point across. But I'm, I'm telling you, somebody said, you mad? No, I've got the very attitude of God. I, I walked back at a young backslider in our church with hickeys all over her neck. I said, get up and get out of here. You're not going to glamorize your sin and fornication. Somebody said, you're mad? I, yes, I was mad with the attitude of God because we're not going to glamorize sin. <laughs> We, we still got to preach this thing. We still got to get the anointing of God on our life and say, here's the way it's going to be. Tell it like it is. Somebody ought to shout, tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. When we get the anointing of God, we don't have friends. We show no favor. We just preach the word of God and it makes a difference. Amen. So we, we need we need office counseling. You don't need office counseling. You need pulpit preaching. When I leave the pulpit and I kind of come down, I may get in the flesh and tell you something wrong. You may be seated. I... Man, tell me when my wife she won't cook, she won't clean the house in the flesh. <laughs> I got some things to tell her. Better just let me handle it from the pulpit. I can destroy a lot of stuff in the flesh. But when I'm in the pulpit, under the anointing of God, it makes a difference. Brother Johnson, when we're operating in the flesh, we get in trouble. Nothing, nothing will take the place of preaching. We need old time anointed apostolic preaching. They have drug programs today. We have it in the apostolic church. And thank God, if, if it's working for you, that's fine. But I remember a time when the old preachers would just stand in the pulpit and they'd preach about a God that could set you free from drugs. And folks came to the altar and prayed. That's a little different today, but they prayed until they prayed through and they talked in tongues. Oh, yes, they did. And they got up and they threw away their cigarettes. They threw away their crack pipe. They threw away their bottle. They quit running to 
program. I'm tell you a little bit better about the 12 step. I know the rest of these preachers didn't leave the pulpit, but I, I, let me show you. One, two, three, four, five. If you're sitting on the front seat, we have a five step program. far it is back there but if you just get up here on the front it ain't but five steps and just about 30 minutes or an hour of weeping in the altar saying God I'm sorry for living this way I hate the way that I am I hate living in sin I'm tired of the drugs I'm tired of sin I'm tired of going to hell I'm tired of living through the things that I'm living through and the anointed preaching of God's word it will Draw you into the altars and you can make a difference. You may be seated. Anointing don't necessarily mean that God is moving. I always wanted to do that when I was a young kid. God help me out. In the Lord said, <laughs> that's not the indicator, but I sure like to hear it sometimes. I like to do it sometimes. Just hack a little bit. When people tries to substitute, I told, I told some of our prayer our altar workers the other day, I said, y'all going to kill them guys. Just pray. I mean, they had them stretched out and twisted and turned and snapping and had one screaming in one ear and one in the other ear. So we don't have to do all that. I looked the other night, I was up on the keyboard and I saw a woman. She come in and she gnarled all up, stretched straight out, began to slither on the floor. Folks began to get Bibles and hit her with it and everything else. Thought, go ahead and kick her while you're at it. He got to praying. I was trying to play music. Nobody was enjoying it. I said, Lord, have mercy. And, and I told him, I said, y'all quit all that stuff. It's time you get in the prayer rooms, get some anointing on your life. You know, we don't beat them up. We cast it out. Can't beat it out. I, was a, I used to go to church when I was just a kid just for the fun of it. I was a teenager. And I, I remember this this rather blessed, heavy set young lady was praying and she was I was watching the pastor said, Everybody close your eyes and bow your head. And everybody did but me. I guess. And he just balled his fist up and buried it in her middle of her stomach. Just boom. And she said, Boo. He looked at me and said, son, sometimes you just got to knock the devil out of them. <laughs> I am of that persuasion, but I have felt that way many, many times. Thinking, oh God, if I could just knock it out of my wood. But I'm going to tell you, the anointed preaching of the Word of God makes the difference. Preaching still works. 
you, you, my husband and wife sitting here, have you ever come and Pastor Bash just got up and preached and you looked at her or looked at him and said, you told him about what? No, that's called the anointing seeking you out and finding where you at. That's why you need a preacher in your life to preach the word of God to you. I was in a, a church away from here, pretty good sized church, and I was in the pastor's office and he told me, he said, uh, brother, he said, do not preach standards here. Do not preach them. And I normally don't. I've got my own churches to take care of. He said, we do everything, Brother Hood, in the back room. That scares me too. Back room teaching will never take the place of pulpit preaching. We just move everybody in the back and we teach them. That way the, the, the visitors are not offended. I'm going to tell you something. Visitors need to hear the same message because it lets them know there's something outside of drugs and alcohol and sin and adultery and fornication. You can be set free and you can be delivered. You don't have to live the way you're living. will produce a bound church but a loose and unfeathered preacher will make the difference somebody said I've had so many preachers in that done so many stupid things I have an answer for that know them that labors among you but I need you preachers to preach to my folks I need you to preach with the anointing of God. I've had men come down to Belize and preach and back up what I say. And it's like, hey, I'm not the only one preaching there. You heard that anointed preacher up there? He's confirming what I've been preaching. We need apostolic preaching. We need the fivefold ministry operating in the church. We need men of God under the anointing. I'm not telling you to go in churches and be stupid. I've had my share of that too. Man, I had a charismatic couple going to my church, paying $500 a week ties years ago. Guy got up and preached against everything he saw. I was mad. He said, he said, man come and said, you believe that? But he preached that. I said, well, not exactly the way he said it. I was enjoying that. But we can use wisdom. And the anointing of God gives that wisdom. Somebody said, this man told me, he said, your place as an evangelist is to preach glad tidings. Can I tell you a little bit of secret about what I've learned in the last five years and six years, if nothing else? Everybody in my church... Drug addicts in my church, alcoholics, people that's been in gangs, in prison. Brother Weeks has been down there. Would you like? Uh, they've been down there. Prostitutes, ex-prostitutes in our church. Our fundraising is awesome. But 
church is full of that. And I'm going to tell you something. By standing in the pulpit. Somebody said, you mean to tell me you preach all the time? I'm going to tell you what. I found out when you get anointed in the pulpit. Somebody said, don't preach against television. Don't preach against uh, women dressing. Don't do this. Don't do I said, let me tell you this, something. Those folks down there, if not here, I don't know. But them folks down there considers it glad tidings when I stand up and say, hey, you don't have to smoke crack. You don't have to start cocaine. You don't have to dress like a prostitute. You don't have to drink in the bar room. You don't have to beat your wife. You don't have to live like the devil. And you don't have to sit around and watch filth on television. That is glad tidings. Oh yes, Jesus loves you. He loves you enough to send you the anointed preacher to preach to you. He'll tell you, you can't sin. You can't live this way. You can't walk this way. You can't go here. You can't watch that. That's called glad tidings. Oh yes, it is. Anointed preaching. It can preach against sin. You glad tidings, getting born again of the water and of the spirit, walking right, talking right, living right. That's called glad tidings. Glad tidings is your wife not running around looking like a prostitute, dressing like a prostitute. She now looks godly. Brotherhood talked about them, you wouldn't even know. We got them like that, you wouldn't even know where they come from. Glad tidings, straighten them up. We had them that was in gangs. We had them that worked in the bar next to the church. You wouldn't know them by looking at them today. They look godly apostolic, which they are. But glad tidings is what got them there. Apostolic anointed preaching is what got them from going to hell to on their way to heaven. That oh yes, we can sing the song. I'm on my way to heaven, and I'm so glad. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm so glad. And our folks get out and down. I've got a feeling everything's gonna be all right. Folks begin to worship God because they have heard glad tidings. I don't know much, but I know preaching works. I was at a meeting. I heard a preacher say, we don't have to name sin. People knows what sin is. I heard somebody say, you'll be a good preacher if you remind them. Make it plain. Brotherhood, I understood you today. Make it plain. There was a preacher that we approached the king one day and he said, Hey, there's this man that had a traveler to come by and said he took a man next door, took his sheep. We only had one. This other guy had a bunch. <laughs> Parable preaching. I've had plenty of that. And he said, He only had one sheep and he killed it instead of taking up his own. David says, It's kind of like some of y'all tonight nudging the person next to you. He said, boy, he's getting you, ain't he? (laughs) David said, 
oh, this man needs to be put to death. Nathan said, I don't think I'm getting this point across. I think he might be missing it. Now, I understand when you tell a king, you don't point your finger in a king's face. But Nathan said, "Uh, King, you're the man. A real preacher would do that to you. You're the man. Sometimes we need somebody to stand in the pulpit and say, you are the man. And a real saint of God will say, Oh, God, woe is me. Help me, God. Because anointed preaching says, You're it. You got to get right. You got to live. No, no, no. You don't come on the platform tonight. You've been slipping around. No, 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 no. You got, you're out of the Sunday school class because you. No, no, no. You can't hold that position because you. Hey, I'm telling you, a real man of God has no favors. He'll stand with the anointed and he'll put that finger at you and he'll say, You got to straighten up or you're going to hell. You got to get straight with God or you're going to be lost. The anointing makes the difference. We don't need a back room seminar leaving us scratching our head, wondering what do we believe. We need preachers. Thank you, preachers. Thank you, elder, for that preaching last night. I didn't leave here wondering what he preached about because he told it like it was. We have all these make you feel good preachers today. Think you can whip a grizzly bear with a switch. Feel good, feel good, feel good. It's never correction. It's never cross. It's never straighten up. It's never get right. Just do what you want to. Be blessed. Anointed preaching says you gotta get right. You gotta, you gotta live right. And the anointing begins to break loose. I heard the word of God say that the anointing would destroy that yoke. Amen. Because of the anointing, the yoke will be broken. It will be destroyed. And I'm going to tell you, if you're here tonight and you're visiting and you don't really understand everything, the preaching that you'll find in this pulpit, amen, it will set you free. There's some folks go to different churches uh, and they do a little prayer, but they go back and sin and they go back and live like the devil and their life is still broken apart. Their marriage is on rocks. Uh, they're, they're all twisted and perverted and messed up. But when you come to an apostolic church with the anointed preaching, the man of God will stand under the anointing and that yoke that's holding you down, that yoke that's keeping you from going forward, that yoke that's breaking your marriage apart, that very yoke is destroyed because of the anointed preaching of the Word of God. Make that trumpet sound clear where we'll know what you're talking about, preachers. Some of us, including myself, we say, I've scratched my itch a long time ago about preaching. But that could be one of our problems today. Because one said it's like a fire. Burn in 
there ought to be a burning fire down in your bosom that says, Folks are going to hell. People are bound. People got chains attached to them. And there ought to be a burning fire in your heart that'll say, God, if you let me in that pulpit, I will preach the word of God. I'll tell it like it is. Anoint me, God. There's somebody in this place that's going to hell. And if I don't preach, and if I don't get anointed, I can't help them. I've got to be anointed. I've got to be anointed. You come to the music, please. Woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. Woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. David, put on this armor and go whip the giant. I don't know about all this armor. I don't know how to use it, but I know something that'll work. I remember when I received the anointing. I know something that'll work. I don't know how to use this sword, and I don't know about these these shields and things, but I know that when I sing unto God and I worship God, I know that I can go out there and God is on my side. And I'm going to make it because there is an anointing on my life. Read your books. I do. But when we get through reading them, and we want to use them, say, God, help me be anointed with what I have tonight. Let me roll up my sleeves and go to battle with proven things. Hey, I'm telling you, we're in an hour that the emphasis is on the Maxwells and charismatic leaders. God, help me be careful. I want to know about leadership, but I'm going to tell you, some of the best leadership I ever had is an old elder in a prayer room. It comes out and says, hey, son, here's what you need to do. I'm not taking away from books. I, I like to read. But at the same time, when we're done, I don't need some bobbed-haired woman or some charismatic, tripled and fourth-married man telling me how to build a church. I think one of our problems is going to them. We're no longer strangers or foreigners. We're all built together. And strangers and foreigners cannot tell us how to do this. This building that's being built and fitly joined together. We don't need Trinitarians to tell us how to build an apostolic church. They have no clue. You read all your books, but when you get done, it's all said and done. We need that same anointing. Peter walked into the pulpit on the day of Pentecost and said, This is that. All this music today I like some change I read recently a young man said this, the music aspiring the blood and amazing grace had its day it still has a day with me it started 2000 years ago we need to be careful whatever we sing is exalting God 
We have puppets. We got a girl in our church. God has blessed her. She does signing. It's amazing. We don't even have deaf people in our church, but she does signing. I don't have a problem with that. They've got preachers recently tell me went to visit a meeting and they had it was smoke machines, dowel rods, and rapping. He said, they started that, Brother Jordan. I said, oh, no, they didn't. In the early 70s, my dad would say, take something similar to a dowel rod, and he would rap me, and I would smoke. That's been going on a long time. Anointing. I just received an article that said in Pentecost, it was prophesied of Zusa Street that churches would put emphasis on power rather than righteousness. Hey, we better be clean living. We better be living right. We better be living right. They'll put emphasis on praise to a God to whom they no longer pray. They'll put emphasis upon the gifts rather than the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Help us, God. Help us, God, that we can stand with the anointing of God. Use your puppets. Do your signing. But when we get through... We better have some anointed preaching. I'm telling you, a thermostat or a thermometer or an indicator that we had a good service is not always because the preacher didn't preach. That is a scary hour also. We had a good church. The preacher didn't preach. I'm getting a complex. There's a fading voice of the ministry. God, don't let us get so professional. That we could just stand and spit out a sermon without the anointing. Help us, God. I read about Elijah. Elisha. Elijah had a servant by the name of Elisha. A faithful servant to the very end of Elijah. Elijah man speaks to him and says, stay here at Gilgal. I'm going on. He said, no, I can't. Stay here at Bethel. I'm sticking with you, man of God. Stay here at Jericho. I, I can't do it. Won't you stay here at Jordan? I'm crossing over. No, I'm hungry. Hey, young preachers, could you hear me? I'm hungry for the anointing. Not just something can, but the anointing of every preach messages. That's not it. But when you when you read preach it, ask God to help me preach this thing all over again with the anointing. Because people are dependent on me and you to be anointed. People here tonight will leave here if we don't preach the anointing. When you're holding revivals, evangelists, somebody's depending on you to be anointed. I can't stop. I can't. I want a double portion of what you've got. I've got to have that 
anointing. I'd marry you, Elder. I'd marry you, Elder Bath. I thank God for these older preachers. I, I want what you got. I want to be able to feel the anointing. I've got to have the anointing. It's depending on me. Does anybody feel hungry for that? You got a longing in your heart for that anointing of God. Elijah, according to the readings and you study, had seven major miracles. Elisha, the servant, had 14 major miracles. Double portion. Here comes another servant, I believe, a minister in training. Hey, Gehazi, what can we do for the lady that's cooked for us and built us a room she needs a child she can't have a baby you're showing sensitivity that's good I can see that you're starting to think right go get her and then the baby died and they're off away from the home here she comes hey Gehazi go see what she wants Hazai goes running out to see what she wants. She wouldn't really talk to him. She went wanted the man of God. I don't know, maybe I'm out of place, but can I tell our young ministers, right now they may not talk to you, but your time will come. They still want to run to the elders. We just got to wait for our time. Our time will come. But he said, okay. This this woman throws her arms around the legs of the prophet. My baby's dead. Oh! His eye comes. Get away. The Bible said he would thrust her away when the prophet said, Hold on. But that's good, son. And you love the man of God in your life. You're willing to protect him. You're willing to do whatever. You're on the right track, guys. I keep going. You're doing good. Then Naaman comes along. I just go dip in the water. You know the miracle of him. But something came in. Instead of waiting for the anointing from the prophet, he says, I'm going to go running after the blessing that I can receive now. Ministry is not a right now thing. Heard a preacher say, that old preacher living in that big nice house and got all the income and drives a nice car and I'm assisting him and I'm just barely getting by. Where was you at 30 years ago when he was living in the back of a Sunday school room? Where was you at when it was, instead of putting money in the bank, he was putting everything right back in just to get a building to worship in? Where was you at in those cold weather when he was meeting in a storefront somewhere? Won't you just wait on your time? Your time will come. Why don't you just wait for that moment instead of running after the Naaman's? Elijah, seven major miracles. Elisha, 14 major miracles.
Here's a servant. Could it have been? He was going to be us preaching about the old prophet Gehazi. 28 major miracles. What preaching material we would have had. But because he got distracted and said, I'll just do without the anointing. I'm just going to run after something else. When you should have been preaching and performing miracles. Daddy Gehazi, tell us a story about the miracles you've seen. I can't. I'm too busy fighting the leprosy. It was not worth it. It's not just you guys. I know. Now your children are being affected by that thing that you've got into. It don't just stop with you. Oh God. Why didn't you just wait to receive the anointing that God had for you and not try to operate outside of the anointing? Would you stand? God would use you. You're the one that took the rod and laid it across the child. You know what how to use you took that staff and you was used of God. You held it in your hand. You knew what it was about. But now, look at you. Ah, 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 a Tell us, Daddy, about the anointing. I can't talk about it. We've got to have the anointing. Ministry, God help us. I'm not one to be qualified to preach to preachers. But oh God help us to stand with the anointing of God. Be careful that you don't go pursuing after something and get distracted and not just wait on your turn and not wait on the anointing of God to rest upon you. Get anointed, get anointed, get anointed. Can we begin to make our way? There's visitors here tonight. Can I tell you about a God that's in here and under the anointing of the Holy Ghost? God can change your life as our, our people begins to make our way down to this front and say, God, I need your anointing. I want to tell our visitors here, if you're tired of living the way you're living and you want your life to change, would you come to Jesus? Right now is your time. God wants to help you. Come, man. Come, sir. God bless you. Right now, the Spirit of God wants to rest upon your life. Are you tired of living your way? He can set you free. God can set you free from the way that you live. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Would somebody take a burden with me now? Won't you come to Jesus? Ask God to help you. Ask God to help you. The Lord is here right in this place. Won't you say, God, I don't want to be the way that I am. It's by no mistake that you are in this building tonight.